Hello, my friends, and thank you so much for joining me today. So if you were one of the lucky guys, I'll, I'll say lucky, although yeah, I'm not really sure that's the word I should use. But if you were one of the fortunate people that heard my last podcast, well, <laughs> I just have to say that was one of those that when I'm kind of in a stressed out mood and I feel kind of kind of crazy, I sit down and I do one of those kinds of things that I did at the intro there. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it, uh, it really wasn't very good. When I finished it, you know, it was a multi-layered thing with sound effects and all that shit, right? So when I finished it, I said to my husband, Paco, honey, honey, come here. You got to hear this. I think you're going to really like it. And I played it for him, and he just looked at me with a blank expression and got up and walked away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have listened. So I took it down like I often do. But I do have it saved, and who knows, one of these days, if I'm in a strange mood again, I'll, I'll put some of it back. But if you didn't hear it, actually, you were the lucky people. So in today's episode, uh, this is going to be a short episode. I just wanted to come back on because I've been off for a week or so. The problem with Paco having COVID and helping him get over that and taking care of him, that was kind of stressful because I was trying to avoid getting COVID, which would be really bad for me because of my illnesses. And I got to say that uh, I tested myself again yesterday and I was negative and Paco has completely recovered from it and he is negative. So it looks like I kind of dodged a bullet there, at least initially. Although, as you probably know, COVID is running rampant everywhere in every state in the United States. So I am expecting still one of these days, I'm not going to be able to avoid it. Although Paco made an interesting observation, he said that maybe the fact that I'm on my other antivirals, and one of them is a medication that boosts the effectiveness of other medications, it maybe it boosted my, my vaccines, and maybe the antivirals helped keep it at bay from me as well. So I hope so. I hope that would be the case. And uh, maybe that will help me avoid it in the future. But it was a stressful week because of that. And also, the big thing, as you can tell by the title of this episode, I turned 64. And I have to tell you that I'm excited about that. I'm glad anytime I get another year because, you know, most of you know from listening to my earlier shows that. I was told in 1986 that I had two to four years to live. And so here I am with every additional year. My brother died at 46. My father died at 52. My mother died at 58. And therefore, you know, every single year that I get that I'm still here gets me excited. So I am excited to be 64. In fact, that is so important to me that... <laughs> Every year, <laughs> every year on the night before my birthday, 
when Paco and I are going to bed, which is usually around like, you know, 10 p.m. or so, I always say to him, now, honey, you know this. If you wake up in the morning and I am dead in the bed, I had a heart attack or a stroke or something and I died, you must, must, must insist to the medical examiner that I died after midnight. And I say that so that when they do my tombstone and they put the years and stuff, people will be able to realize that I was 64 when I died. I was not 63 when I died. So I always insist, okay, you've got to tell them I died after midnight. And he's like, yeah, 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 sweetie, I know that. I will do that. In today's episode, I decided that I wanted to finally introduce or begin to introduce you to what I got as a birthday present for myself. It wasn't really supposed to be a birthday present for myself. It was supposed to have been here at least a year ago. I ordered it in early January of 2021. I kind of expected that I would have had it for my birthday last year, 2021, but it took 15 months to get it because of the supply chain issues and microchip issues especially. So what I ended up getting myself, <sighs> I'm serious. I just love this. And I will show it to you on a video eventually. But I bought myself a top-of-the-line baby grand piano. A digital baby grand piano. A digital baby grand piano that does the most amazing things, including setting it so you have an orchestra behind you as you play. It's, it's amazing. And it's a white piano. <laughs> I decided to go for, again, the top, top of the line, and I got this beautiful white baby grand piano, and I will be showing it in a video coming up. So before I get into a little bit of music for you, I wanted to just kind of tell you a little bit about the stumbles that I had going to Boston Conservatory of Music. When I was first learning to play, I, I learned organ for a couple of years, and then I moved over to piano. I studied with a friend of my mother's, this lady, and I studied with her about five years just prior to my going to the Boston Conservatory of Music. And she taught me to play in a very unusual way. And in some ways it was a blessing, and in many ways it was a curse. She taught me to play based on reading chords and using the melody and creating your own elaborate sound from it. And what I used to try to do was to emulate the way Liberace played a little bit, because he was a great inspiration for me growing up. So this lady friend of my mom's, she was trying to teach me an easy method to learn to play. And what she would do with chords, and I'm just going to run this real quick because not all of you know music theory, so let me explain it this way. Chords are generally three notes, the first, the third, and the fifth of a particular scale. And some of them, some of these chords, will be all white, and some of them will be all the black keys. And as you know, the black keys are raised up over the white, but many of them are a mix. And if you played a white key, which was low, a black key in the middle, which was a raising, and then back to a white key again, you've had 
two lower white keys on either side with a raised black key in the center. And she would call that a hump chord. And additionally, you might have black keys on your first and your fifth. And the middle key might be a white key, which is low. So it's a black key high, a white key low, and a black key high. She would call that a dent chord. So she taught me all chords based on humps and dents. And when she was teaching me piano, my teacher always told me, oh, don't worry about playing the left hand. You don't have to learn to play the left hand. We'll just find out the chord and you will be able to create the music. And I learned to do that, which is awesome because that pretty much enables me to play music in a beautiful way without even knowing the song or, you know, trying to sight read left-handed music, which for me is very difficult. But when I got to Boston Conservatory of Music, I was a voice major piano minor to start out with. And my piano teacher was like, what do you mean you don't know how to play the left hand of music? This is a serious music college and we play classical music. And you're not going to have chords written there for you. You're going to have to play the left hand. And it was a nightmare. So I went over to her house about a year after I started Boston Conservatory Music. I hadn't seen her in a few years. And I went to her house for dinner and we were having conversations. And I told her that at dinner. I said, you know, I can't read the left hand and it's been a big weight upon my shoulder. And she said, why don't they just teach humps and dents? Wouldn't that be easier? <laughs> and I was like, ugh. No, no, this is a classical music college. You can't really do that. So I was at a, at a disadvantage at Boston Conservatory, and I did terribly, absolutely horribly. I stayed there three years and finally left because I was just not doing well at all. And then a few years later, I was living down on Cape Cod and working as a funeral director, and I started playing in dinner restaurants in the lounge as a part-time job. And I played in this beautiful one called the Ocean House. It was a very expensive, ritzy restaurant right on the water with big waves during storms crashing against the big plate glass windows. It was really a beautiful place. And they loved my music. And I was the only pianist there. They got a piano for me to play so that I can play for them. And what I learned to do is I learned to play nice, romantic, slow, jazzy kind of music. And that's what they wanted me to play, you know, during my four hours of playing per night. And I did that. And, you know, everyone that was in the lounge and the, the restaurant could hear as well. I would sing my last set and it was it was beautiful. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a piece for you that I did. And over the course of future episodes, sometimes, not always, I'm going to tack a song that I'm playing on the end of the show. Just because I want to and you might enjoy the music and I hope you like it. And I will be back, hopefully, fingers crossed, telling you that damn story that I've kept having to put off about the drive-in movie. So I will get that out as soon as I can. 
But meanwhile, here is a song from the Broadway show Company. It's kind of the main song in the show called Being Alive. And this is just a piano version of it. And I hope you enjoy it. Please do keep in mind that I haven't played for quite a while. So if you're going to make a comment to me, please be nice. (laughs) I'll be getting better at it. And I will be back as soon as I can. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And here's the music piece. This podcast is a proud member of the Pride 48 Podcasting Network. Check out more great shows at pride48.com.
Thank you so very much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week until we speak again. Thanks. Bye for now.